Now that is what I call a banger of an intro tune. Uh, maybe a Christmassy vibe, but I'm going to call it a wintry vibe because Winter Olympics are coming up starting on February the 4th in Beijing, China, and we're going to have a few Winter Olympic very special guests coming on over the next few days and weeks. Very, very excited for it. Lockie, did you like our new little intro tune there? Oh, mate, I, I loved it, but not as much as I'm going to love this upcoming episode. Harps, who do we have on? We've got Tali Gill. Uh, Australia's one of Australia's best curlers ever, I think it's fair to say. Uh, one of the only two to qualify for the Olympics, so that makes sense, I guess. Tali, did you like our new little intro music there? Yeah, it was really Christmassy. I love Christmas music, so it was definitely a vibe. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, Christmas is overrated, but no, nah, no, nah, sorry, look, I don't want to get on to controversial <laughs> topics. So anyway, so Tali, I know it's been a pretty whirlwind couple of weeks. You know, you've achieved a lot of goals of yours, you know, um, I guess making the making the Olympics qualifying and being on your favourite podcast. Where do we begin? I mean, wh- which of those two honours do you rank the highest? Gonna have to say the podcast is top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll speak for real now. It's been, I think it's been nine days since you qualified for the Olympics, something like that. So, uh, how are you feeling yeah. now? Are you still feeling like just on cloud nine that you've kind of achieved this lifelong dream, or are you a bit? nervous and kind of anxious to crack down because there's massive task ahead in just a month or so from recording time? I think um, it's it's still like sinking in a lot. Like the I can't believe it's been nine days. Like that to me is gone so quickly. But just, um, yeah, like it has been a lifelong dream and um, I'm just excited. Like I, I'm not nervous or anything. I'm super fired up. I'm pumped. I'm ready to get stuck into training again and give it a real good go at the game. So, um, yeah, still processing it a bit, but, yeah, excited. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, I mean, how's your social media has been going? I'm sure that your DMs have just been absolutely flooded. I know we're chatting off air before. You're, do, you're doing podcasts. You're on the project uh, the other night. I mean, you're getting a lot of media opportunity and a lot of attention. Yeah, I'm not really good at social media. <laughs> so, um, that's, yeah, all the messages and stuff. It's been actually super... A little bit overwhelming at times, but just super nice to see how many people are out there supporting and people who know me and people who don't. So that I think that exposure for curling is also really good in Australia. So hopefully we start to see a lot more interest and awareness as well. So if anything, it's all good. Yeah. Do you expect to see a growth sort of like from you making the Olympics? Like it'll be really interesting to see if more people sort of get involved in the sport as a result of your both your and Dean's success. I think there always is a lot more interest after the Winter Olympics, like for curling anyway, because people see it on TV and go, oh, that's really unique. I really want to give it a go. And um, hopefully having an Aussie team there will just be really big for it as well. So I hope so. That That's definitely one of the things that would be really good for us making it. Now, I'd be... I know that you would have had to explain curling probably more times in your life recently than ever before. Do you you enjoy having to explain it to people over and over again? (laughs) Well, it's kind of – I don't mind it. It's just more hard to find like an analogy for it. Like a lot of people associate it with lawn bowls on ice, which is somewhat like the concept of scoring is the same, but in terms of the physical aspect, there is – like the sweeping and a um, little bit more balance and stuff like that and strategy as well because you have to almost like playing chess as well. So 
Uh, yeah, there is, it is different, but the scoring aspect is the same. So we use yeah. that a lot. <laughs> I love how Harps asks if you mind explaining it to it because I'm pretty sure his next question is to get you to explain it. But you won't need an analogy. All Harps, he has looked after you. He's a, he's a visual learner, so he's actually going to get up a YouTube link. Harper, play, play that video. And for our YouTube, oh, yeah, YouTube uh, view, well, viewers, you'll be able to see yeah, this. Yeah, so obviously you can't see the video if you're listening to the show. But what I'm going to do, I'm sharing the screen right now. Hopefully you guys can see it. I'm going to kind of... <sighs> talk the listeners through what's going on here. And I'm, by the way, I'm glad that you don't hate explaining it to people because that's what you're about to do. Uh, oh. Harper, what, Harper, what was your plan if you said, yeah, I can't stand it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, fingers crossed she wasn't going to say that. But we're all clear now. I'll kind of set the scene a little bit here. Uh, we're at an ice rink. Uh, Tali and Dean, I was about to say Dali and Teen, but Tali and Dean are about to take their shot, I guess. Uh, and they've both got these broom kind of things in their hands and there's rocks scattered around uh, and at the bottom, which I'm going to get you to explain now, Tali, is the scoreboard. So can you explain how this scoreboard works? Uh, yeah, so basically there's ends. Um, so when you put, like, you have to shoot all the rocks up to one end, that's one end. Um, so basically you're trying to get all of your stones closest to the centre of the house, which is they're the rings that you see on the ice and the very center, there's like a really small, what we call like a button. Um, so you have to get your rocks closest to, to that basically. And the more, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And by the way, Lockie, if you need to like butt in and ask something as well, go for it. Or Tali, if you want to explain something, go for it as well. Oh. Just tell me to stop and I'll stop. I've but, got a, yeah, um, I've got a quick question. I'm, yeah. So I always expected so curling, so you don't wear skates on the ice. What sort of shoes do you actually wear? Because they look a bit like my school shoes I wore from year seven to nine. Yeah, so they're basically kind of like, you can really like, a lot of people make curling shoes out of runners. It's just kind of like a Teflon material, which is like the slider. Um, so that's on one foot and it depends if you're left or right-handed. I'm right-handed, so the slider is on my left foot. Um, and then on the other foot, you have a gripper, so you don't fall all over the place. But they're basically like normal shoes, yeah. Okay, cool. And the rocks, can you kind of explain the rocks? Is it, sorry, is it actually true that they can only be cut from like two specific places in the world? That's what I heard. Yeah, so that, those rocks there are made from granite, um, which is found in Scotland, um, and that's where curling originates from too. So that's kind of like a little bit of history. <laughs> um, they weigh about like 20 kilos, varying between tw 19 and 20 kilos. Um, so they're pretty heavy and not something you would take in your suitcase, <laughs> which I also get a lot of. Um, and yeah, there's eight per team, but for mixed doubles, we only use five. Okay, cool. I'm going to play it for a few seconds now and then... I uh, give you another curly question. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to do your own commentary if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like so I know what Tal shot this is. <laughs> Tali's about to take a shot here. Sorry, is it is it called a shot or is it called something else? Yeah, shot, yeah. Okay, shot, cool. Now, Dean is holding a broom uh, because he uses it and you're also holding a broom, but in this shot, I don't think you use it. So why are you holding the broom? Um, it's for balance basically. So, um, they, a lot of people use it for when they slide out. Um, and I also use it as well in the house. So my role in the team is the skip. Uh, so I use it to hold the line 
and sort of like a target for Dean to throw to. Um, and then, yeah, if there's something in the house that I need to sweep out, that's what I use it for as well. Okay, cool. And are you, like, you're the skip every single shot, yeah? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. Play a few more seconds. So the uh, stone is kind of going down the ice now, the sheet. Um, Dean's giving a bit of a sweep. And so it's, it's moving, uh, kind of veering off now, starting to veer off. Do you know how the physics of this works and, like, why it veers off? Um, there's a few things. So, um, like, ice making is down to real science now. So it's the way that they cut the ice. They have a massive machine that basically, like, carves, like, the curl in the ice, but also the rocks too. So they sharpen the rocks. So it's basically like sandpapering the rocks and that makes them – curl as well so there's a few things that are involved and also I don't want to complicate it too much but um the ice makers will also pebble the ice so that's why you get the rock to glide as well because it creates small like bubbles of water um across the whole sheet so that's how the rock's able to glide Okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. Does that make sense to yeah. you? <laughs> I didn't pass you, Ray, and that made sense to me. That was very well explained. <laughs> okay, good. yeah, thank you, Tali. Um, <laughs> we'll keep moving, play a few more seconds. So uh, it's the same thing's happening. It's kind of curling off more and more. And just before there, I think you were saying hard line and Dean was saying three. What's yeah. that all about? So he's calling the weight of the rock. Basically, that's how far he thinks it's going to travel. Um, we've got zones, number zones, so it's one to 10. Um, and basically it's like where on the sheet past the hog line, it's going to end up. That makes sense. Cool. (laughs) So that's the three was like really light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And play a few more seconds here. It's going to show the target. Yeah. So the target here, or it's called the house, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The house. So the blue kind of rings and the red ring in the middle, or the red circle, do they actually mean something or are they just for looks? Um, so that's sort of like the distance. So from the centre of the house, it's um, you've got like the red rings are four feet and then the white is six feet and then the blue is 12 feet. So that's also how we communicate as well as like where we want the rock to end up. Okay. And with this it's a kind of early shot, um, within the end here, and yeah. uh, your stone has kind of gone gone in the middle, but a bit of a way from the centre of the house. Is that a good shot, or have I thrown you under the bus, and is it not your greatest shot here? That was a missed shot. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I was trying to come in uh, what we call freeze, like onto the yellow rock at the back, so it was a bit light. Okay. Cool. And Thank you for that. And sorry again for... That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about it for the video. But Lockie, is there anything else that you want no, to ask th- about I think, that? I think Tali's pretty much co- covered it all. Something I'm really interested in about is like what the curling community is like. So I guess like particularly uh, in Australia and then compare that to other countries where it's super popular, such as I think Canada has a really strong curling community. But like how many people are involved in the sport in the country, in this country, in Australia? So in Australia, I think there are about 200 members um, and that just means it's like really close and it's pretty much a family, like 
family legit or just feels like a family. So I play with my mum and my two younger sisters and um, we go to training all the time together. So it's a real family affair. Um, And I guess just like the vibe that you get at a curling event is just like everyone's there. Most people are there to have fun. Even the teams that are really competitive and high level, they're there to have fun and socialize and you often like grab a drink with the team that you play against afterwards and it's just it's really cool kind of vibe. I like yeah, it a lot. Yeah, definitely. And I think also there's a very by the sounds of it, there's a very strong sort of family vibe to um to curling because I know I'm pretty sure your mum was involved in the sport. Your sister sister or sisters might have been involved. I know that Dean's parents were also involved. So definitely I guess you all compete together as a family. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a family affair. Both my sisters competed in uh, curling and we all sort of like played in a team as well together. So pretty cool. Does the kind of maybe issues you'd have as a team in curling, does that spill over into the like, household daily life? Yeah, sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a lot of curling talk at home and sometimes we bring family issues onto the ice and sometimes we bring <laughs> curling issues to the house. So. It gets a bit complicated, but uh, it's always good fun in the end. <laughs> I guess the good thing about uh, competing with your family is it's not too hard to have very robust communication. You'll tell them how you feel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we don't shy away. We're a very open family, so we pretty much tell it how it is and there has been a few fights on the ice, but it's just good entertainment for everyone else, really. <laughs> yeah, overseas as well, you're in Canada now, is it similar there? Is it really tight-knit community even though it's much bigger or is it more like this ultra-competitive scene where everyone's just out there to win? It's definitely the same sort of atmosphere. There's, um, I guess in Canada because there's so many people that play, there's definitely a big difference between the top teams and sort of like the teams that are trying to break through. So there is that difference, I guess, in terms of the teams that are already at that elite level and teams that are trying to get there. But it's still fun. It's still really social and everyone knows everyone and the curling community on a global level is just super close. So it's pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah, awesome. And over here, obviously being this, such a small community uh, that it is, there's no proper like curling rink. You just use ice hockey stuff and stuff like that. Uh, so there, there are all these different sports in Australia kind of competing to get the government funding and a bit of a leg up over the others and try to get this rink for curling in curling's case. <laughs> Why do you think curling deserves to be the sport that gets government funding? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think curling is just one of the most inclusive sports. Like you can start at any age really. And like um, Dean played with someone who was, I think, 87 um, the other day. So it's it's super inclusive of all ages, gender. Um, and, you know, you have wheelchair curling. So I think it's a sport for anyone really. That's why I think it would be great. You said, you said Dean played with someone who was 87 the other day. Is that not like uh, – are you two meant to be teammates? Or, like what's going oh, on there? <laughs> well, he, f- he filled in for the club that we train at in, in Canmore. Um, they needed someone to fill in, so he filled in on like a senior men's team and one of the players was 87, I think. <laughs> Gee, Steph, imagine, cool. ro- imagine rocking up to your local curling club and you just have to face a bloke going up off to the Olympics in a month. <laughs> just, oh, he just got a replacement. He's just going off to the Olympics. Bloody hell. That's an, abs- that's an absolute stitch up. But I think 
when we touched on before about sort of the family values, you're obviously away in Canada at the moment. How long have you been away for and how tough has it been in particular with COVID that you've probably been restricted in how much you can see your family? Because I think curling is a lot of the time you're based overseas. Yeah, and I think a lot of the other winter sports, they're overseas a lot too. So it's kind of just a thing you accept (laughs) as a winter athlete in Australia. But I've been away since early September, I'm pretty sure. So it's been a while and be away till February and it gets tough at times. It sort of goes in waves for me. Like sometimes I really miss home and other times I'm like, eh, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it is what it is and it's, it's worth it in the end. So. So every 12 months or so, how many of those months are you spending away? I actually worked this out the other day. So this year I would have been home five months out of the 12. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is, a bit less yeah. than half. Yeah. yeah. So has COVID changed how much you're home and how much you're awake because of all these obvious border closures and quarantines and all that stuff? Definitely. I think um, it just sort of limits the ability to travel a lot easier. Like I think if there wasn't COVID, I would have probably gone home for a couple of weeks for Christmas um, before the games, but just because of COVID and it's more the risk about traveling and you don't know if borders are going to shut and things like that. It's all very touch and go. So that's the added complication with travel and COVID, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, you're one of the lucky few that's been able to travel this year. So at least that's yeah, that's one that's one uh, <laughs> that's one bright spot. That's one positive. But also, so we I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but you actually compete in the mixed doubles, and your partner is Dean. Now, I'm interested. How, how did it come about? You and Dean teaming up. So we knew each other from juniors. We both were in the. He was in the junior men's team. I was in the junior women's team. We both actually went to our first event at the same time. So. We sort of knew each other before and then I played at a Nationals mixed doubles with a different partner and Dean was playing with his mum and they sort of had a chat about maybe his mum would step out and um, a new person would come in who was younger and just more a team that could develop for a few years. So he called me and um, I knew him and always looked up to him as a curler so I was stoked that he asked me. So back in your junior days, yes. what are the core skills, or just for anyone starting really, what are the core skills you need to develop right at the start and how do you develop those and train those skills? Balance is probably the most important when you're starting because just the slipperiness of the ice, a lot of people get tripped up on that. Um, so balance, and that comes from your core. You've got to be a little bit flexible, I think, as well, to get into the lunge position. Um and I think it's it's there's a lot of like positioning yourself in the right spot, so where you need to be on the ice and understanding strategy as well. You you really kind of need to like that part of it as well because it's a pretty big part of the game. So I would say those those things are pretty important for when you're starting. Yeah, I think those skills are all things that are definitely would be important um, in the sport. But what I'm interested in is is. What, what about curling? What what about it made you want to go to the highest level to the Olympics? I know I think you got involved because of your family, but what sort of made you love the sport and stick at it for all these years? Well, yeah, like my dream was always to go to the Olympics. Before I curled, I used to do figure skating um, and I did both at the same time at one point and then sort of fell out of love with figure skating and really started to get more involved in curling. Um, I just... I 
like curling for me, it's just the the challenge that you have for like working out strategy and also, you know, challenging yourself each shot as well. That that part is what I love and definitely the social aspect as well. Like I've never been involved in a sport where you feel like family with some of your biggest competitors. Like it's just that part for me is awesome and that's why I wanted to, to try and make it to where I am. Yeah, so when you're a junior, obviously, uh, and yeah, when you're starting off, the Australia doesn't have the greatest curling facilities. So are you just like traveling all over the place all the time? I know that you have like the Australian championships aren't even in Australia. Because you were based in yeah. Queensland as well, weren't you? Is that yes. correct? Yeah. yeah. Queensland based, yeah. Um, and yeah, we have to go to New Zealand to have our nationals, <laughs> which is cool because, you know, like more travel, I guess. But it would definitely make it a lot easier if we had a, a curling, at least one curling rink in Australia. Um, but yeah, it, we've got a really good connection with the Kiwis. Like it's a friendly rivalry. Um, and yeah, so that part's fun too. But a lot of travel, a lot of time away from home and you just kind of got to make the most out of whatever curling rink that you, you're at. Are the Kiwis any good at it or are you just beating them every time? They are really good. No, they're good. Um, yeah, they're good. <laughs> we just like to beat them, that's all. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think the, uh, I love the Australian-New Zealand rivalry, rivalry in all sport. It's always always nice to yeah. beat the little brother. I'm interested. So obviously you touched on a little bit more about before, sorry, about the strategy involved in the sport. So would you say curling, is it, what, what is the sort of split between the physical and mental? Because it seems to be a very strategic and a battle of the minds almost. Yeah, so I think once you get to a certain level, it's definitely like 90% a mental game. Like um, at that point, you sort of have the same, like everyone's a really good player and everyone can make a lot of great shots. So it's down to understanding the strategy of the game and the game, the rules are changing every few, every few years. So you kind of need to work out different ways and almost sometimes study your opponent to see what weaknesses they have and that's how you can get a bit of a leg up on the other team but it's really a you got to be mentally tough and it's almost a two-hour game so you just gotta it's a battle for sure so when you're having your little tactical uh planning sessions with your coaches and with dean what do those entail what are you talking about So I guess it depends on what point in the game. So after every end, we'll sort of have an end meeting and we go over what what worked well that end and what our goal is for the next end, which sort of sets up what our strategy is going to be. So it could be making sure that the other team scores one or making sure that we try and score two or more. So that changes our strategy as well, what our goal is for each, each end. And the game that you qualified for the Olympics for was against South Korea. What did you have to focus on before you played them? Well, they're a solid team. And um, if you watch the game, they played really well. So we had to pick it up a little bit. We didn't have the the best start. um, But our coach, John, he he gave us a bit of a, like, come on, let's go. So that was really good. But... um, at that point, you just gotta you just gotta make as many shots as you can and try and generate points where you can. So that's what we were focused on. 
Yeah, and for our listeners, John, that's John Morris, isn't it? Two-time Olympic yeah. gold medalist for Canada, absolute <laughs> legend of the sport. But you've touched yeah. on the qualifiers. So what, what were your expectations heading in? So if I'm not, I'm not correct, might be incorrect, but I think there was two spots up for grabs for the Olympics. I'm not too sure how many teams. So what, what were your expectations leading in? Did you think that you, were, uh, you and Dean were a pretty solid chance of qualifying or were you a bit <laughs> – how were you feeling leading in? I was feeling really good. Like um, we'd spent a lot of time. Um, so there was 14 t- countries fighting for the last two spots. Um, every country is really good. So we knew that it would be a tough battle each game. But I was feeling really good with the prep that we'd done before that event. So I was feeling confident that we would, you know, put ourselves in the best position t- to have a chance to qualify. And we did. So that was good. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. <laughs> You did indeed. You did indeed. And why do you reckon you qualified? What kind of took you, uh, put you apart from the other teams? What makes you a good team? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> they're oh, they're all really good teams. I think um, I think for us at that event, we worked really hard with our sports psychologist on the sort of mental toughness, and you got to really grind through each game. So. I think that kind of gave us a little bit of a leg up on the other teams. I'm not exactly sure what, what kind of prep other teams do. I know they all work really hard, but I think that the sports psych we worked really hard on and that definitely helped our game, that event. Yeah, and I'm wondering, for lots of Aussie sports, you've got uh, sports around the world, really, sports teams, national sports teams around the world. You've got, like, the Wallabies, the rugby team, and the Matildas, the soccer team, and overseas you've got, like, the Three Lions, the English soccer team. Do curling teams have nicknames like that? Um, It's more like the you take the skips name. So yeah, okay. mixed doubles, you take both of the names. That's why we're, like, Team Gil Hewitt. Um, but for the four person team it's whoever's the skips last name is <laughs> maybe that's the next thing harper maybe we should work on that we'll work on a mascot for the uh for the curling team in australia and i reckon marketing will just go up to here <laughs> seriously yeah i agree <laughs> we, we'd I have agree. that in no time skyrocket um but tyler just quickly again what well, if you were gonna make any nickname for the aussie team what would it be <laughs> we've thought about this and i really struggle with making names up but um I don't know. I feel like it has to have a curling theme. Like my my mum really likes the bird curlew. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that is, but they often like around construction sites, they got really long legs. So I would say like the curlews or something. I don't know. So I'm really bad at <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> well, don't mind. We'll pitch it to the, the curling federation. Um, but Lockie, I think you've got something. Yeah. So I guess now we'll move on. So you've qualified for the Olympics. What, what are sort of your goals for the upcoming games? That's something we, we're sort of having a break at the moment, but we're definitely going to talk about what our goals are. Um, I think for me, I, I would love to finish in the top half. So there's 10 teams that are 10 countries that are competing. And if we can finish top half, that would be awesome. It's our first game. So our goal initially was to just qualify a spot for Australia. And we did that. So we kind of got to assess it with John and we'll see. We're, we're going to give it a real good go and, at that level and the teams we've played against, we have beaten them, so most some of them. So 
yeah, we're just going to go out and give it a real good go. Yeah, the, the curlos, the curlos are going to do us proud. Yeah, <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right, so we've got one final question before we get to our little quiz, which we alluded to earlier. But Tali, do you have a life philosophy? Like any few little words that you sort of live your life by? Um, uh, I think the biggest thing. I actually had to fill this out in a questionnaire the other day. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned and that's helped me is like whatever opinions anyone else has, it's the opinion of yourself that matters the most. So whatever you're telling yourself is what you're going to believe. Tell yourself something positive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, First episode of the new year, good life philosophy to kick it off. But uh, as Lockie just mentioned, it's quiz time, baby. Where do we begin ah. quiz? And I'll hit the music. Oh, it gets me very, very fired up. Yeah, Lockie, fired how are you up. feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I know that you did give me a bit of a heads up to study winter Olympic sports, but a bit like school, I didn't do my homework, so I'm, I'm nervous. This quiz is very different to what we've ever done before. Uh, with the with our kind of Winter Olympic episodes, I'm going to just base all the questions off something related to winter or the Winter Olympics or something like that. So I've got five questions for you both. That's Lockie against you, Tali. Uh, so I've got five questions for you both. Um, you're going to have to guess what a certain Winter Olympic sport is. I'm going to play you a piece of commentary from said Winter Olympic sport, but the commentary isn't provided by some expert person who knows everything about the Winter Olympics. It's provided, in fact, by someone who doesn't really know anything about the Winter Olympics, my mum. So, uh, <laughs> my mum's recorded, uh, she's, she's watched all these little clips and described what's happening, and you're going to have to guess from my mum's commentary what you think the Winter Olympic sport is. You can buzz in at any time throughout the thing, tell me to pause it, say your name, uh, okay. and yeah, I'll let you go. And, but once you get it wrong, though, you're gone for the okay. question. Five questions. Of course, we'll start with the first one. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ready. Cool. I'm excited for this one. Nice to have a bit of variety in the quiz. So, first one. Here we go. So, he's on his, he's got his hands on some ha- like handlebars and on a, on a sled or um, some kind of toboggan and he's down an icy ramp very, very Locky. fast. Locky. <laughs> Bob sweating. Bobsledding is incorrect. Oh. Is it Tali, luge? do you want me to continue it? Say that again, sir. Luge? Luge is absolutely oh. correct. You've gone one all up. <laughs> is bobsledding <laughs> even a sport? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's Jamaican um, bobsled team, mate, of course. I've seen cool runnings. That's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Tali, what were you going to say, sir? Oh, I was just going to say it's like if you've seen cool runnings, they all jump into the, the sleigh, I think it's called. I'm not an expert. Anyway, uh, you did very nicely there to get luge. We'll move on uh, to the next one. Okay. So we've got a guy um, uh, who's got his um, sticks or stokes. He's from Korea and he's got, my God, he's got, so he's got skis on. He's got his sticks. I can't remember what they're called. And he's on flat ground. He's got something strapped to his back that looks like a gun. Oh, oh, Tully. Tully. Um, Biathlon. Biathlon. He's absolutely correct. Yes! 
<laughs> You've got oh, 2-0 up. Harper, if I, if I lose 5-0, do I have to do a nudie run? Is those the rules? Bloody <laughs> hell, mate. I'm nervous. Is it like oh, pull, pull when you don't sink a ball? Because I'm bloody... <laughs> I'm nervous over here. You've got three questions to pull it back. And look, if you did your proper revision, like I told you, with these Winter Olympic sports, you'll get all three of these questions. So let, let's hope you go well to make this a bit of an entertaining one, not just Tully thrashing you. But we'll move on to the third question. Here we go. Okay, so we're going downhill really fast, arms back. Rocky, uh, downhill skiing. Rocky? Downhill skiing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to need some more information. What's the event called? Uh, downhill skiing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid downhill skiing is incorrect. Oh. Tyler, do you want to go early, go now, or do you want me to play a bit more? Um, I'm going to go, is it? Uh, I don't know if it's called this, but ski jumping. Ski jumping, you've nailed it. <laughs> well done. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Three nil. It's not looking good for Lockie's nudie one, I've got to say. Uh, <laughs> you've got two two questions to salvage something, Lockie. We'll move on to the fourth one, Lockie. Uh, Tal- Tal- Tal's won it, so it's, it's game over, basically. You, you're just playing for pride now, Lockie. And Tal, you're playing to thrash this boy. So we'll on move on to the fourth it. one. Here we go. <laughs> So it's an ice rink with um, six, maybe six um, men racing, five or six racing. So they've got helmets on and full body suits. Oh, and they've all, the first four have. Lockie. Ice hockey? Ice hockey. Okay, it's Lockie's first point. I'll give a bit of drum roll to fire him up. <laughs> it's incorrect. Oh, what? <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's oh, that's quite unfortunate, I must say. Do you want me to continue it, Tali? Um, yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. I'll continue it. One yeah. <laughs> over, and then the guy at the back um, skates right past them and wins and looks oh, um, elated as Stephen well. This is Stephen Bradbury winning yeah. gold in speed skating. <laughs> I'm just going to point out full body, like full body suits, makes you think that they're wearing protection. Oh, yeah, not wrong. Well, I think that's uh, my mum's not the expert at the sport, but you're exactly right. Uh, it's short track speeds, but skating. Very well done, Stephen Bradbury. Um, yeah, in Salt Lake City. There you go. We're up to our last question now. Lockie. And also, ice hockey, and I was How correct. Ice hockey has six players. So that's what I reckon I was justified a bit. Like, as in, you have six per team. That's why I thought I'm justified. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway. It's not, not right, though, but so it doesn't matter. Uh, heading, anyway. heading in the right. Right direction. When your teammates, I guess, not not my teammate, but you know, your mum's let me down a bit with the descriptions. But look, <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep moving on. Well, next time you're over here, give a good uh, <laughs> give a good spray for that. Uh, anyway, uh, fifth question, Lockie. Time to avoid embarrassment, mate. Fire up. Here we go. Question five. All right. So we can see. A uh, competitor warming up on his skateboard. He's fully kitted up in helmet and goggles. Obviously, um, the uh, gloves and all the um, protective gear. And now we see him on his snowboard down the hill on a yes, a small hill. Oh, now into like a dome or a bowl and doing... Blocky. Ma- is it... Wait, is, is half... I was about to say half pipe. It's obviously snowboarding. I've got no idea what the snowboarding events. I'll go snowboarding, half pipe, freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Look, freestyle's not right, but everything else, 
Absolutely correct. <laughs> oh. Well done. Sean White in the Pyeongchang Olympics. That was her commentary <laughs> of. I think he won the gold medal there. But despite Lockie uh, getting that point, Tali is taking out the quiz. Four <laughs> points to one. Very well done, Tali. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Now, congratulations, congratulations Tali. I'm sure that's not the only thing you'll be winning over the next month. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, fingers cool. crossed. But um, if you liked this episode, guys, and if you liked any of the other episodes, we've got a pocket profile with Tali and others that you can check out on patreon.com forward slash where do we begin. You get all the stuff on our Patreon for just $3, which is really not much at all. Very much worth it, I'd say. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash where do we begin. If you liked uh, a chat with Tali, I reckon you'll definitely like the pocket profile we did with her and others. But Tali, I reckon we haven't got much else for you unless Lockie's got something. Nah, I'd just like to thank Tali for uh, jumping on board. Yeah, Tali, thanks thank for you so, me. so much for coming on. It's been really good. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast. The quiz was fun. I like the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you very, very soon with another special Winter Olympics episode.